Hey, welcome to the Pharmacy Residency Podcast, a member of the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Uh, sorry, I don't have my mic, um, so sound might be a little bit different. I uh, just want to talk a little bit about late, uh, so late transcripts, late recommendations, even late applications. Uh, so I, I have a number of free um, uh, late templates for you uh, to do it, and I want to show you where it is. It's at residency.teachable.com forward slash p forward slash extreme LOI. And you just scroll down here uh, to where it says preview and it says um, uh, late transcript and recommendation email templates. So uh, it should pop up like this uh, where you have late recommendation, late transcripts and even late application. And what I wanna do is I wanna kind of talk um, through each of these and uh, talk about um, what you can do so let's start with the um, uh, let's start with the the late recommendation. So the first thing is um, that you want to when you're sending this email. I'm only making it really huge so that it it works out and you can see it on uh, YouTube if you're watching the video instead of the the audio. Um, but the first thing is uh, you're going to want to make the email header very clear. You should put your name, your college, and what it's about as best you can. So uh, just because they get so many emails, you want them to be able to get right back to it uh, really easily. So this is what I said. And again, you can uh, change this up. I did this a long time ago. But uh, dear program director, my name is from the University of Potomac River College of Pharmacy. And I understand that I have a recommendation outstanding to your program. I wanted to update you on this issue. I initially requested the recommendation on October 15, 2023, but life circumstances have made it difficult for my recommender to meet the deadline. I've been in touch with them and indicated they would forward that recommendation on January 2nd, 2024. I want to apologize for this inconvenience. Sincerely, resident applicant. So what are we trying to do here? Um, the first thing is we're trying to get a pass because they don't actually have to, They don't. if somebody's late in the recommendation, they don't actually have to take it. They can say that your file is incomplete. Sorry, uh, you can't. And, and it's unlikely that they'll do that unless there's someone that just has so many um, uh, applications or maybe you're just not a good fit for them or something like that. Uh, but the most important thing is to make it very easy to find. Uh, so that heading is huge and then making sure that this happens. And then you'll also want to put a follow-up email. Hey, I just want to let you know uh, that it looks like the recommendation did go in. Again, I appreciate your uh, patience with this. Okay, so the the one for the transcripts is going to be a little bit tougher um, because obviously colleges are going to be closed over the break, and um, if there was a delay, the key is well, why didn't you just order it earlier, right? And um, you know what happened. So uh, the RPDA doesn't really want to read about the explanation as much as what you just need to do is give them an unofficial transcript so they actually have something to go off of. So what they're really just trying to do is make sure that, okay, the person doesn't have their transcripts, but I don't want to have somebody come in that has like a 2-1 GPA uh, and, you know, put them at the top of the line, go through the interview, and then only to find out, oh my gosh, wait, what's going on? So in that case, you would put the attachment and you would make sure uh, that um, you summarize it as well. And so what you want to do is you want to say something like, um, 
uh, I have attached my uh, uh, pharmacy school um, uh, transcript and uh, my you know GPA is 3.7 or my GPA is 3.6. All they really care about is, are you above the line? So at certain residencies, if you have like a 3.2 or higher, that's all they care about. They could care less that you have a 3.3 or 3.5 or 3.7. I know that breaks some people's hearts. Um, they just, okay, they're competent. That's good. I really care much more about the other things. Others will give you many points for that. And they're just looking for the number. And the easier you make it, the easier it is for them. So again, with that as well, um, you would want to put something like that. The late application is a, or a last minute application, you could call it, um, is sometimes when you're going through this process, you kind of have an idea who the big names are. And, you know, you're like, okay, UNC, Minnesota, Mayo, um, you know, Cedars-Sinai. And uh, they're, they're usually associated with big hospitals, you know, big teaching hospitals and so on. And a lot of times it takes some time for you to get to the point where you start looking at these other hospitals that are like, wow, that's actually a really good fit. Uh, that's a really generous uh, stipend. Uh, those are really a lot better hours than I would get and, uh, you know, so on and so forth. And what you can do is, you know, just as uh, plans change um, when you're graduating, you know, plans change as you're going through this process. And what you want to do is just make clear that you are not picking them. And this is the, the only real concern is that you are not picking them as a safety residency. You're picking them because amongst the 4,000 residencies, you just didn't discover them. And it took some time for that to happen. You don't want them to think that, oh, they just wanted to make sure that they have a place to go. This person's pre-qualified for here. But, um, you know, if they're only applying to, you know, Mayo and Yale and uh, Hopkins and, and all these really, really tough ones, um, then, you know, what do we do? Uh, so again, what you want to do is make clear your intent and reasons uh, for, for choosing that one. Um, but <clears throat> I have heard over and over again that those late, <clears throat> and, and the application itself might not be later, but it just would be like, like right at the deadline type of thing, but sometimes it is actually late. Uh, those are the ones that people actually matched with the best and were happiest with. Because it really is a lot to try to figure out, like, where am I going to go and, and all of this stuff uh, as you're going through this process with 4,000 options. And it just uh, tends to be something that happens late cycle like this. So whether you're late, whether there's some kind of late recommendation, whether there's some kind of late transcript or whether it's a late application in general, uh, all of these things, uh, you just want to articulate that they are very important to you, a top choice. You're not allowed to say top choice. You're not allowed to you know, say where they rank and all of those types of things, but you just want to make them understand that, yes, this is something very important to me. I wanted to talk to you personally about it. Um, again, I know it's an inconvenience and thank you, you know, for spending the time. So again, if you want my one-on-one -on -one help with the, the actual letter and um, I'm turning them around in around 24 hours. Uh, you just uh, residency.teachable.com, go to the extreme LOI, and then you just email me what you got, and then I'll tell you what more I need. Uh, and I hate to say I'll fix it. That that's I do, but um, it's more that 
I've just done this so many hundreds of times. And I know that some of you guys have gotten help in your classes. Um, and some people have residency classes for this stuff. And the problem I see over and over again is that your instructor doesn't know when you're cheating. And what I mean by that is that they don't know that you've copied it from a, a template like UCSF or ACCP or ASHP. And they're like, well, it seems like a lot of them, you know, have very similar ones, but, you know, they're all classmates. So maybe they were, you know, sharing that way. And what I can do is always make sure to say, okay, I, I've looked at a bunch of letters. I know this sentence. If I see, for example, um, the, the phrase, I want to express my sincere interest, or I see the phrase, oh, this is a good one. Um, I want to be a well-rounded pharmacist, but you don't you it's it's absolutely wrong you you're actually saying i want to be a well-rounded pharmacist but you're saying that you want to do a pgy2 in critical care that is not a well-rounded pharmacist that is a very focused specific pharmacist and so what happens is is it becomes this kind of frankenstein of like stuff you thought was pretty good but it doesn't actually make sense so what i do i mean i was english major undergrad and then i almost got a phd in it um is I, I make it flow. It makes sense. So when the person reads it and they look at it, they're like, I get it. This person is working in retail and, and wants to move into ambulatory care. Oh, I get it. This person is, a, um, you know, working in a hospital, but, you know, never got to do a residency and is interested in, um, you know, kind of continuing on. And, and so it just makes sense and it does it quickly. If I were to pick one thing that, you will struggle with it's the flow and the clarity of your purpose and your match to that site as to how they can can help you and you can help them uh, and what happens is it's like you you have this block paragraph that you could even chop off in the top where it just says i want to do this residency and i've copied all these sentences then you put some personal stuff and then you put the next thing and then the next thing, but you never wrap it all up in kind of like a bow and, and, and put it together in such a way that it's memorable enough that you could, you know, get the residency and so on. So again, you know, I, I enjoy doing this kind of going through this journey with you guys. And uh, I always love March, uh, all the successes that we have. Um, but again, you know, uh, whatever you need, Tony, the pharmacist at gmail.com.